0: Earnings season is underway. So far, hasn't been the savior. Stock bulls are looking for as banks have not really lived up to the expectations. But as we look at the yield moving higher and a message of the recovery, is still the baseline. Maybe we should turn to industrials for some optimism. Brett Lindsey joins us from Mizuho Americas, executive director and senior research analyst for industrial technology. brett so are the classic industrials here going to capitalize from a recovery that is still underway as we see yields move higher should that give us some optimism about this group
1: Uh, hi oliver yeah thanks for having me on in terms of the industrial group we do think near-term results are going to be bumpy uh here in q4 as well as q1 as companies look to untangle uh, what's been a very complicated supply chain and labor situation you know on the flip side the demand pulse continues to be very strong backlogs are building. Orders have been resoundingly positive. uh, And we do think that, you know, that does provide pretty good revenue visibility as backlogs begin to release uh, through the course of of 2022. Um, And so also worth pointing out, ultimately, we do think that these supply chain and labor issues uh, these companies are facing is is really driving increased spending on productivity, enhancing tools, uh, capital investment, which is going to benefit our group.
0: Okay. So within this, uh, where should we go for industrials? Is it the transports uh... we've even got airlines in that group seems like there's a wide spectrum
1: yeah no, certainly a lot of trepidation near term but we think there's some interesting buying opportunities uh... over the medium term so on this pullback we'd really put uh... you know our stock recommendations into two buckets we like the later cycle uh... market exposures aerospace non-residential construction uh you know there's some different energy exposures as well um, and stocks that have lagged in 21 so that would be a stanley honeywell uh, and we also like to balance that with some quality ideas where we think growth can differentiate organically through secular drivers uh, but also inorganically through acquisitions uh, in that camp it would be johnson controls eaton corporation dover corp uh, and Amatech, which are all bi-rated.
0: Uh, You describe digital-first companies as ones you want to own. Uh, This market's uh, been uh, digging the energy-first companies. Uh, We've been seeing the tech stuff roll over, but within the industrial category, what do you want? Do you want growth or do you want something that's just tied to commodities at this point?
1: Uh, Well, I think you want a balance of of, of both of those. You know, Johnson Controls is a great example. They have a mix of uh, service. They have self-help opportunities around cost, uh, but they have exposure to climate and energy efficiency themes, um, and the valuation still looks, you know, very reasonable. Uh, You know, similar situation with Eaton Corporation. They faced a lot of supply chain challenges uh, in their U.S. electrical business, but they have very nice uh, exposures to the secular electrification drivers, uh, which are going to be in place. Um, they also have some uh, you know, nice exposure to some of the stronger uh, later cycle markets that we think will continue to recover, like aerospace uh, and even the vehicle side, which was very depressed in 2021.
0: Okay. view these charts sitting near the highs. Johnson Controls eating another one that you like, uh, Dover 2. I mean, as far as charts go, they're definitely better looking than the broad market or the specifically tank-heavy growth market. What kind of top-line growth do we expect for these companies? Do they have uh, secular, company-specific growth, or is it just going to be tied to GDP?
1: Well, no. So, I mean, as we go into the, to the fourth quarter, we're forecasting about 8% organic growth overall. That's a, that's a similar uh, dynamic and uh, level of growth that we saw in the third quarter of 2021. Um, and, you know, we would expect a very strong quarter of, of pricing as well as these companies look to offset, you know, which has been rampant inflation uh, really across the whole group. Um, but we do think that there's, you know, outgrowth opportunities, you know, whether it's in, you know, energy efficiency and HVAC through indoor air quality, um, you know, different decarbonization plays, and then also electrification, uh, particularly within T&D or transmission and distribution uh, in the electrical markets where uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, interconnections to the grid from renewables uh, and really just grid hardening and modernization. So we think there's, you know, certain pockets of outgrowth, uh, and that's really where we're positioning our recommendations.
0: Eaton, in particular, one of the stronger performers uh, in the list here over the last uh, couple of years during COVID. Stocks uh, up 56% compared to its pre-COVID high. If what's good for a stock during COVID uh, led to a big rally, What about whatever regime is happening next? I mean, do you see follow through from the themes of the last two years? Because in other parts of the market, it's like we're repricing a totally different environment where companies that benefited from stay-at-home and all that different uh, quarantine-style COVID environment. They've all been getting blasted, uh, but some of these industrial winners were winners last couple years. Can they continue that post-COVID? Well, I think
1: overall, we continue to position for more mid uh, to later cycle exposure, so really the, the you know the markets within the industrial complex. Um, that really have recovery runway um, that haven't you know haven't seen a big recovery lift you know like aerospace you know non-residential you know non- non-residential construction uh, and Eaton Corp um, you know certainly fits that bill roughly 90 percent you know of their EBITDA today uh, is generated through you know electrical markets with you know non-res kickers uh, as well as aerospace so uh, they have meaningfully uh, changed the complexion of their portfolio as they've divested companies over time. Uh, but yes, I do think we need to be thinking about more later, longer uh, cycle exposures for the industrial
0: group. Are they going to see wage pressures? Are they going to see inflation pressures?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the companies are are working through and navigating what's been a very difficult, you know, situation. You know, whether it's you know supply chain, whether it's you know labor inflation, you know, logistic bottlenecks. Um, and you know they've been addressing it with price and, and really productivity uh, pricing in the second half of 2021 was very strong. Uh, pretty much every single company is back out with um, you know more price increases here early, uh, early in January and really into February. We're going to see those feather in through the balance of 2022 uh, to help offset uh, you know some of the inflationary pressures we've seen. Um, you know I think that the good news is you know we are seeing some of the raw mat inputs you know come off their highs. Um, pricing will continue to catch up. It always does lag by about two to three quarters. And as we look into the second part of the year, when we're thinking about price and cost in that equation, uh, we do think that the margin profiles will continue to improve as you know volumes continue to recover uh, and pricing catches up.
0: All right, love it. Uh, like the stock picks here, some names that uh, we don't give too much attention to. So appreciate you putting them on our radar, Brett. Thanks for being here this morning.
1: You bet. Thanks, Oliver.
0: You got it, Brett Lindsay, executive director and senior research analyst. Covering industrials at Mizuho Americas with some picks and some charts that are looking pretty darn solid.